I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the News Du Jour, a calmer space to consume the news. Y'all, we made it. I can hardly believe we made it through this week. I was hanging on there by a thread (laughs) um, at certain moments. It has been a tough week. I think largely for me, it was tough because of like the culmination of the past few weeks, like kind of hitting me um, in mental, physical, all the different ways. So it's it's definitely been tough, but um, I hope you guys are having a better week and that you're not as exhausted going into Friday as I am. But even if you are, even if you're not, we made it to Friday. So I'm so excited to kick my feet up this weekend and truly get some rest. Today, I have two mini stories for you guys. Then I have three longer stories. Let's get into it. First and foremost, auto workers strike has reached a deal, a tentative deal with Ford. The details are subject to approval with the union, but this is major progress, you guys, and it could definitely help pave the way for deals with the other major companies. So stay tuned. Secondly, Hurricane Otis killed 27 people overnight, you guys, with more missing after this rapidly intensifying storm grew into a Category 5 hurricane. I wish we had more time to get into the weeds with this story today, but there's just so much pressing news today, so we are going to jump into other stories. But if I have a chance to circle back to this one, I definitely will next week. For our first longer story today, I do have to issue a content warning. This story involves a mass shooting. So we have to talk about the main shooting, of course. There is a gunman still at large in the state of Maine after he shot and killed 18 people in Lewiston. They consider this man to be armed and dangerous, so schools and other large gatherings were shut down in the area for everyone's safety. The man visited two different locations during his killing spree, a bowling alley and a bar. The suspect was seen armed and with his face captured on video camera, and the Androscoggin County Sheriff's Office released those pictures on Facebook to help identify him. He is now known to be Robert R. Card, a 40-year-old man who is now wanted for eight counts of murder and maybe more coming on that. Several generations of his family have lived on farmland in South Maine. So he definitely has a connection to the land there. And again, they don't know where this man is. They did locate his vehicle, which he had abandoned at some point. And 
in a place like Maine, there are, are a lot of places somebody like this could be hiding out, especially with his family's connection to the natural world, the land. He may well be hiding out in nature somewhere. We just don't know yet, but we will be sure to keep you guys posted on this important and unfolding story. Next up for today, who is our new Speaker of the House? With a comb over and horn rimmed round glasses, the thing people are saying most about Mike Johnson is that he's a nice guy. He gets along well with others. He can play well in the sandbox and his ability to build bridges is really what earned him this position. Jim Jordan and Kevin McCarthy are both pretty well known for not being the nicest guys, and they use intimidation and scare tactics to try and earn themselves a gavel. And that's just not Mike. That said, what are his actual politics like? Let's get into it. Well, as we have said before, he is from Louisiana. He's an evangelical. He's an election denier. And he seems to be a complete Trump loyalist. The election denying does have a lot of people worried because we obviously do not want to suffer another round of January 6th as a country. An early sort of test of his stances might be the shooting that we just talked about, the one that happened in Maine. His reaction to this incident was to call for prayer rather than any sort of legislation, even for mental health. So he is someone who seems to think that there is zero solution for this safety crisis we are going through here in America. Another big upcoming test will be in mid-November, November 17th to be exact, when Congress is required to have a budget passed. Will he be able to get that done? Will he be able to build consensus around a budget? We shall see. And we'll definitely keep you guys posted. Now, without further ado, we are going to jump over to some Gaza updates. And we're going to stay there for the remainder of this episode. So I wanted to let you guys know that in Gaza, there was an overnight raid. Israeli tanks briefly entered northern Gaza on Wednesday night for a strategic attack of some sort. This is actually at least the second time that Israel has entered Gaza during this recent round of fighting. But we do not have many details about this raid beyond the fact that it happened. But Netanyahu, Israel's prime minister, said it was to prepare the field for a ground invasion. So it seems like they're still planning to go forward with that. And then I wanted to touch on a comment that President Biden made about the death toll in Gaza. So the death toll in Gaza is something that is constantly changing, you know, sort of this number we are working with, and it changes depending on who you're talking to. But President Biden has come out and explicitly said that the U.S. government does not trust the numbers that are coming from the Palestinian leadership. He literally said he, quote, has no confidence, end quote, in their numbers. And I'm sure Biden has a reason for saying this because he wouldn't say this lightly. It is a pretty direct and very serious criticism to make. So 
because of this statement, I just advise you to take especially what you're seeing on social media with an enormous grain of salt. You know, whoever, be critical of wherever you're getting your information. You know, even if it is mainstream news outlets, like really, you know, well-respected news outlets, come at everything with a critical eye right now, you guys. That is just the basic media literacy you need to do. Who is telling you this information? Where is the information coming from? And just investigate that a little bit before you have like a knee-jerk reaction to anything because things are definitely being exaggerated and sensationalized online quite a bit across the board, even from bigger outlets. And then I wanted to talk about the incredibly dire aid situation in Gaza. And this is what I wanted to leave you with this week. I put this right here at the end because this is the thing that is keeping me up at night, that is sitting on my heart all day long. As of the time I'm writing this, you guys, I have no sign that more aid has gotten into Gaza. That doesn't mean it hasn't. There are a lot of powerful people with eyes on this right now, trying everything they can to get things moving. But that said, I don't have any great reasoning behind this holdup either. According to the head of the World Food Organization, who was begging for support and for the gates to open on NPR, she said that Egypt was the one holding things up. Now, whether that's because of the U.S., something the U.S. is saying to Egypt or some type of negotiation Egypt is in with Israel, I don't know. But they are leaving us all to wonder right now what the fuck is going on and really to assume the worst. I mean, it feels conspiratorial at this point because there are all these trucks loaded with aid to meet the needs of these millions of people awaiting that aid on the other side of a fence. And it is just absurd to me. I really have been trying to dive into this research and figure out what is going on, trying to listen to different sources. But even the experts here are scratching their heads and saying, I-, I don't know what's taking so long. I don't know why the gates aren't open. And meanwhile, children, like hundreds of thousands, if not over a million children are in Gaza and they're being left to starve and die without drinking water and die of infections, of flesh wounds. And this is insane. And it is so unnecessary. It's crazy. I saw a Palestinian man who lives here in the U.S. online, and he was feeling incredibly frustrated. And he said that he felt the world had gone crazy. And I can relate to that for on this issue in particular. I feel like the aid situation doesn't make sense to me. I know that there is a concern of Hamas stealing certain things, but at the end of the day, people dying, it has to, you know, it has to come first. And I was listening to Cindy McCain talk about this and they have so many safeguards they have put in place with tracking devices and, you know, security personnel who are trying to get food into people's mouths, into their bodies um, to sustain them right now. And they're homeless. They're homeless because their homes are gone. So it's just one of those things that I'm not going to understand this unless somebody can come out with like a really good reason soon. I hope that is the case, that we'll find out a good reason. But more importantly, I hope that these gates will open 
and get the people the basic things that they need right now because this is turning into a catastrophic humanitarian crisis. My prayers are there. My prayers are with the hostages and anybody else who is hurting during this time. But I am really hoping to see some movement in the aid because that is something we can do. You know, Um, like I said, it's unnecessary that people are waiting for this. So that for this week is the news du jour. If I hear anything about the aid or anything important, I will be reposting it to our stories on Instagram. Again, our Instagram handles at newsdujour.podcast and you can follow that all weekend for updates. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, they fear love because it creates a world they cannot control. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar-free media. And that is also linked in our show notes. You can follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at It's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh. Oh.